हेलो एवरीवन आई बी रीडिंग चैप्टर सिक्स ऑफ बुक फोर फ्रॉम द बुक लॉर्ड ऑफ द रिंग्स द टू टावर्स चैप्टर सिक्स द फॉरबिडन पूल फ्रोडो वोक अप टू फाइंड फार्मर बेंडिंग ओवर हिम फॉर अ सेकेंड ओल्ड फियर सीज्ड हिम एंड ही सेट अप एंड श्रैंक अवे देर इज नथिंग टू फियर सेट फार्मर इज इट मॉर्निंग ऑलरेडी सेट फ्रोडो यॉर्निंग नॉट येट but night is drawing to an end and the full moon is setting will you come and see it also there is a matter on which i desire your counsel i am sorry to rouse you from your sleep but will you come i will said frodo rising and shivering a little as he left the warm blanket and pelts it seemed cold in the fireless cave the noise of the water was loud in the stillness he put on his cloak and followed faramir sam walking suddenly by some instinct of watchfulness saw first his master's empty bed and leapt to his feet then he saw two dark figures frodo and a man framed against the archway which was now filled with a pale white light he hurried after them past rows of men sleeping on mattresses downing the wall as he went by the cave mouth he saw that the curtain was now becoming a dazzling veil of silk and pearls and silver thread melting icicles of moonlight but he did not pause to admire it and turning aside he followed his master through the narrow doorway in the wall of the cave they went first along a black passage then up many wet steps and so came to a small flat landing cut in the stone and lit by the pale sky gleaming high above through a long deep shaft from here two flights of step led one going on as it seemed up onto the high bank of the stream the other turning away to the left this they followed it would it wound its way up like a turret stair at last they came out of the stony darkness and looked about they were on a wide flat rock without rail or parapet at their right eastwards the torrent fell splashing over many terraces and then pouring down a steep race it filled a smooth hewn channel with a dark force of water flecked with foam and curling and rushing almost at their feet it plunged sheer over the edge that yawned upon their left a man stood there near the brink silent gazing down Frodo turned to watch the sleek necks of the water as they curved and dived. Then he lifted his eyes and gazed far away. The world was quiet and cold as if dawn were near. Far off in the west the full moon was sinking, round and white. Pale mists shimmered in the great valley of below. A wide gulf of silver fume beneath which rolled the cool night waters of the anduin a black darkness loomed beyond and in it glinted here and there cold sharp remote white as the teeth of ghosts the peaks of arid nimrais the white mountains of the realm of gondor tipped with everlasting snow for a while frodo stood there on the high stone and a shiver ran through him wondering if anywhere in the vastness of the night lands his old companions walked or slept or lay dead shrouded in mist 
Why was he brought here out of forgetful sleep? Sam was eager for an answer to the same question and could not refrain himself from muttering for his master's ear alone as he thought it's a fine view no doubt mr frodo but chilly to the heart not to mention the bones what's going on farmer heard and answered moon set over gondor fair ithil as he goes from middle earth glances upon the white locks of old mindolin it is worth a few shivers but that is not what i brought you to see though as for you samwise you were not brought and do but pay the penalty of your watchfulness a draught of wine shall amend it come look now he stepped up beside the silent sentinel on the dark edge and frodo followed sam hung back he already felt insecure enough on his high wet platform faramir and frodo looked down Far below them they saw the white waters pouring into a foaming bowl and then swirl darkly about a deep oval basin in the rocks until they found their way out again through a narrow gate and flowed away fuming and shattering into calmer and more level reaches the moonlight still slanted down to the falls foot and gleamed on the ripples of the basin presently Frodo was aware of a small dark thing on the near bank but even as he looked at it it dived and vanished just beyond the boil and bubble of the fall cleaving the black water as neatly as an arrow or an edgewise stone Faramir turned to the man as at his side now what would you say that is anbon a squirrel or a kingfisher are there black kingfishers in the night pools of mirkwood tis not a bird whatever else it be answered anbon it were it has four limbs and dives manwise a pretty mastery of the craft it shows too what is it at it seeking a way up behind the curtain to our hidings it seems we are discovered at last i have my bow here and i have posted other archers nigh as good marksmen as myself on either bank we wait only for your command to shoot captain shall we shoot said farmer turning quickly to frodo frodo did not answer for a moment then no he said no i beg you not to if sam had dared he would have said yes quicker and louder he could not see but he guessed well enough from their words what they were looking at you know then what this thing is said farmer come now you have seen tell me why it should be spared in all our words together you have not spoken once of your gangrel companion and i let him be for the time he could wait till he was caught and brought before me i sent my keenest huntsmen to seek him but he slipped them and they had no sight of him till now save anbon here once at dusk yester evening now he has done worse trespass than not only to go conny snaring in the uplands he has dared to come to henneth anion and his life is forfeit i marvel at the creature so secret and so sly as he is to come sporting in the pool before our very window does he think that men sleep without watch all night what does he do why does he so There are two answers I think said Frodo 
For one thing, he knows little of men, and sly though he is, your refuge is so hidden that perhaps he does not know what men are concealed here. For another, I think he is allured here by a mastering desire, stronger than his caution. He is lured here, you say? said Foreman in a low voice. Can he, does he know that of your burden? Indeed, yes, he bore it himself for many years. He bore it, said Farmer, breathing sharply in his wonder. This matter wins itself ever in new riddles. Then he is pursuing it? Maybe. It is precious to him. But I did not speak of that. What then does the creature seek? Fish, said Frodo. Look. They peered down at the dark pool. A little black head appeared at the far end of the basin, just out of the deep shadow of the rocks. There was a brief silver glint and swirl of tiny ripples. It swam to the side and then with marvelous agility, a frog-like figure climbed out of the water and up the bank. At once, it sat down and began to gnaw at the small silver thing that glittered as it turned. The last rays of the moon were now falling behind and the stony wall at the pool's end. Farmer laughed softly. Fish, he said. It is less perilous hunger, or maybe not. Fish from the pool of Henneth and Yoon may cost him all he has to give. Now I have him at the arrow point, said Anborn. Shall I not shoot, Captain? For coming unbidden to this place, death is our law. Wait, Anborn, said Faramir. This is a harder matter than it seems. What have you to say now, Frodo? Why should we spare? The creature is wretched and hungry, said Frodo, and unaware of his danger. And Gandalf, your Mirthrandir, he would have bidden you not to slay him for that reason and for others. He forbade the elves to do so. I do not know clearly why and of what I guess I cannot speak openly out here. But this creature is in some way bound up with my errand. Until you found us and look, look us. He was my guide. Your guide, said Faramir. The matter becomes ever stranger. I would do much for you, Frodo, but this I cannot grant. To let this sly wanderer go free at his own will from here. To join you later if it please him. Or to be caught by orcs and tell all he knows under threat of pain. He must be slain or taken. Slain if he be not taken very swiftly. But how can this slippery thing of many guises be caught, saved by a feather shaft? Let me go down quietly to him, said Frodo. You may keep your bows bent and shoot me at least if I fail. I shall not run away. Go then and be swift, said Faramir. If he comes off alive, he should be your faithful servant for the rest of his unhappy days. Lead Frodo, Frodo down to the bank, Anborn, and go softly. The thing has a nose and ears. Give me a bow. Anborn grunted and led the way down the winding stair to the landing and then up the other stair until at last they came to a narrow opening shrouded with thick bushes. Passing silently through, Frodo found himself on the top of the southern bank above the pool. It was now dark and the falls were pale and grey, reflecting only the lingering moonlight of the western sky. He could not see Gollum. He went forward a short way and Anborn came softly behind him. Go on, he breathed 
in Frodo's ears. Have a care to your right. If you fall in the pool, then no one but your fishing friend can help you. And forget not that there are bowmen near at hand, though you may not see them. Frodo kept forward, using his hands, golem like to feel his way and to steady himself. The rocks were for the most part flat and smooth but slippery. He halted listening. At first, he could hear no sound but the unceasing rush of the fall behind him. Then presently, he heard, not far ahead, a hissing murmur. Fish, nice fish, white face has vanished, my precious, at last, yes, now we can eat fish in peace. No, not in peace, precious, for precious is lost, yes, lost, dirty hobbits, nasty hobbits, gone and left us, Gollum, and precious is gone, only pure smeagle, all alone. No precious, nasty men, they'll take it, steal my precious thieves. We hate them. Fish, nice fish, makes us strong, makes eyes bright, fingers tight. Yes, throttle them, precious, throttle them all. Yes, if he gets chances, nice fish, nice fish. So it went on almost as unceasing as the waterfall, only interrupted by a faint noise of slavering and gurgling. Frodo shivered, listened with pity and disgust. He wished it would stop and that he never need hear that voice again. Anborn was not far behind. He could keep back and ask him to get the huntsman to shoot. They would probably get close enough, while Gollum was goggling and off his guard. Only one true shot and Frodo would be rid of the miserable voice forever. But no, Gollum had a claim on him now. The servant has a claim on the master for service, even service in fear. They would have foundered in the dead marshes but for Gollum. Frodo knew, too, somehow, quite clearly that Gandalf would not have wished it. Smeagol, he said softly. Fish, nice fish, said the voice. Smeagol, he said a little louder. The voice stopped. Smeagol, Master has come to look for you. Master is here. Come, Smeagol. There was no answer but a soft hiss as of intaken breath. Come, Smeagol, said Frodo. We are in danger. Men will kill you if they find you here. Come quickly if you wish to escape death. Come to Master. No, said the voice. Not nice, Master. Leaves poor Smeagol and goes with new friends. Master can wait. Smeagol hasn't finished. There's no time, said Frodo. Bring fish with you. Come. No, must finish fish. Smeagol, said Frodo desperately. Precious will be angry. I shall take Precious and I shall say, make him swallow the bones and choke. Never taste fish again. Come, Precious is waiting. There was a sharp hiss, but presently, out of the darkness, Gollum came crawling on all fours like an erring dog called to heel. He had a half-eaten fish in his mouth and another in his hand. He came close to Frodo, almost nose to nose, and swift sniffed at him. His pale eyes were shining. Then he took the fish out of his mouth and stood up. 
Nice master, he whispered. Nice hobbit, came back to poor Smeagol. Good Smeagol comes. Now let's go. Go quickly, yes. Through the trees while the faces are dark. Yes. Come, let's go. Yes, we'll go soon, said Frodo. But not at once. I will go with you as I promised. I promise again, but not now. You are not safe yet. I will save you, but you must trust me. We must trust Master, said Gollum doubtfully. Why? Why not go at once? Where is the other one? The cruel, rude hobbit. Where is he? Away up there, said Frodo, pointing to the waterfall. I am not going without him. We must go back to him. His heart sank. This was too much like trickery. He did not really fear that Faramir would allow Gollum to be killed, but he would probably make him prisoner and bind him, and certainly what Frodo did not did would seem a treachery to the poor treacherous creature. It would probably be impossible ever to make him understand or believe that Frodo had saved his life in the only way he could. What else could he do to keep faith as near as might be with both sides? Come, he said, or the precious will be angry. We are going back now, up the stream. Go on, go on, you go in front. Gollum crawled along close to the brink for a little way, snuffling and suspicious. Presently, he stopped and raised his head. Something's there, he said. Not a hobbit. Suddenly, he turned back. A green light was flickering in his bulging eyes. Master, master, he hissed. Wicked, tricksy, false, he spat and stretched out his long arms with white snapping fingers. At that moment, the great black shape of Anborn loomed up behind him and came down on him. A large, strong hand took him in the nape of the neck and pinned him. He twisted round like lightning, all wet and slimy as he was, wriggling like an eel, biting and scratching like a cat. But two more men came up out of the shadows. Hold still, said one, or we'll stick you as full of pins as hedgehog. Hold still. Gollum went limp and began to whine and weep. They tied him none too gently. Easy, easy, said Frodo. He has no strength to match you. Don't hurt him if you can help it. He'll be quieter. If you don't, Smeagol, they won't hurt you. I'll go with you and you shall come to no harm. Not unless they kill me too. Trust master. Gollum turned and spat at him. The men picked him up, put a hood over his eyes and carried him off. Frodo followed them, feeling very wretched. They went through the opening behind the bushes and back down the stairs and passages into the cave. Two or three torches had been lit. Men were stirring. Sam was there and he gave a queer look at the limp bundle that the men carried. Got him? He said to Frodo. Yes. Well, no, I didn't get him. He came to me because he trusted me at first. I'm afraid. I did not want him to tied up like this. I hope it will be all right, but I hate the whole business. So do I, said Sam, and nothing will ever be all right where that piece of misery is. A man came and beckoned to the hobbits and took them to the recess at the back of the cave. Faramir was sitting there in his chair and the lamp had been rekindled in its niche above his head. He signed to them to sit down on the stools beside him. Bring wine for the guests, he said. 
and bring the prisoner to me. The wine was brought, and then Anbon came carrying Gollum. He removed the cover from Gollum's head and set him on his feet, standing behind him to support him. Gollum blinked, hooding the malice of his eyes with every heavy pale lids. A very miserable creature he looked, dripping and dank, smelling of fish, he still clutched one in his hand. His sparse locks were hanging like rank weed over his bony brows. His nose was snivelling. Lose us, lose us, he said. The cord hurts us. Yes, it does, it hurts us. And we have done nothing. Nothing, said Faramir, looking at the wretched creature with a keen glance, but without any expression in his face, either of anger or pity or wonder. Nothing? Have you ever done anything worthy of binding or of worse punishment? However, that is not for me to judge happily. But tonight you have come here where death is to come. The fish of this pool are dearly bought. Gollum dropped the fish from his hand. Don't want fish, he said. The price is not set on the fish, said Faramir. Only to come here and look on the pool bears the penalty of death. I have spared you so far at the prayer of Frodo here, who says that of him at least you have deserved some thanks. But you must also satisfy me. What is your name? Whence do you come? And whither do you go? What is your business? We are lost. Lost, said Gollum. No name, no business, no precious, no nothing. Only empty, only hungry. Yes, we are hungry. A few little fishes, nasty, bony little fishes for a poor creature. And they say death. So wise they are, so just, so very just. Not very wise, said Faramir, but just. Yes, perhaps, as just as our little wisdom allows. Unloose him, Frodo. Faramir took a small nail knife from his belt and handed it to Frodo. Gollum, misunderstanding the gesture, squealed and fell down. Now, Smeagol, said Frodo, you must trust me. I will not desert you. Answer truthfully, if you can. It will do you good, not harm. He cuts the cords on Gollum's wrists and ankles and raised him to his feet. Come hither, said Faramir. Look at me. Do you know the name of this place? Have you been here before? Slowly, Gollum raised his eyes and looked unwillingly into Faramir's. All light went out of them and they stared bleak and pale for a moment into the clear, unwavering eyes of the man of Gondor. There was a still silence. Then Gollum dropped his head and shrank down until he was squatting on the floor, shivering. We doesn't know, and we doesn't want to know, he whimpered. Never came here, never come again. There are locked doors and closed windows in your mind and dark rooms behind them, said Faramir. But in this, I judge that you speak the truth. It is well for you. What oath will you swear never to return, and never to lead any living creature hither by word or sign? Master knows, said Gollum with a sidelong glance at Frodo. Yes, he knows. We will promise Master. If he saves us, we will promise to it. Yes, he crawled to Frodo's feet. Save us, nice Master, he whined. Smeagol promises to Precious, promises faithfully. Never come again, never speak. No, never. No, Precious, no. Are you satisfied, said Faramir. Yes, said Frodo. 
at least you must either accept this promise or carry out your law you will get no more but i promise that if he came to me he should not be harmed and i would not be proved faithless farmer sat for a long moment in a thought very good he said at last i surrender you to your master at frodo son of drogo let him declare that he will do with you but lord farmer said frodo bowing you have not yet declared your will concerning companions your judgment was postponed until the morning but that is now at hand then i will declare my doom said farmer as for you frodo in so far as lies in me under higher authority i declare you free in the realm of gondor to the furthest of its ancient bounds save only that neither you nor any that go with you have leave to come to this place unbidden this doom shall stand for a year and a day and then cease unless you shall before that term come to menestirith and present yourself to the lord and steward of the city then i will entreat him to confirm what i have done to make it lifelong in the meantime whomsoever you take under your protection shall be under my protection and under the shield of gondor are you answered frodo bowed low i am answered he said and i place myself at your service if that is of any worth to one so high and honorable